Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast, concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to the LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer for Ayrton Lighting as well as the columnist for PLSN, LD at Large, on the back page. I hope everyone is reading and listening and sharing so that everybody can take part. I'm here today with my good friend, Robert Hickman of Home Port Collective. He is a designer, producer, and consultant out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was just in Nashville, and we started a very good conversation at a delicious restaurant that we both went to. Mm-hmm. And we thought it would be really good to turn this into a podcast because we went well into the evening to the point that the the chef had to come out and after our dessert she she was very polite she's like okay so we're all done now we would uh, really need you to leave so that we can clean up here and we we closed down uh, the we vegan restaurant in Nashville <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, taking the time to reach out to me online robert it's a pleasure to have you it's a pleasure to pleasure to be here chris thanks thanks for having me absolutely so first off i want to introduce you to any of the people on here that might not know who you are if you could uh, just give me a a brief brief description of how you got into the business yes well hello everyone uh my name is robert hickman as chris has just said and i have Traveled a very interesting path in the industry to get where I am, but uh, I think everybody has their own their own special stories of of how they got into the industry. But uh, really, just got started at a young age, loving music, loving the whole concert experience, and um, went to MTSU here in Middle Tennessee uh, for recording industry, production and technology, and did a lot of uh, lighting in the theater. After that, uh, did a lot of corporate corporate audiovisual work, and then finally got the chance to go out on the road and was a touring LD and production manager for the 116 crew out of Atlanta and was able to do some tours with them and then moved over to stage manager for the newsboys and after that uh, moved over to be matthew west's ld and production manager and did that for several years and then it was time to look at the next step and as part of my family and we were looking at having kids so i looked at uh, moving into more of a in-town gig and uh Settled in with uh, Jeff Lava and 44 Designs and really enjoyed my time there getting to design a lot of great stuff over those uh, several years with him and then moved over to Four Wall and had a, some great time uh, at Four Wall developing uh, new 
clientele as well as uh, servicing um, pre-existing clients. And now I am on my own uh, designing, producing, and um, consulting with my own clients and uh, just building just building up clientele and networking with uh, the amazing people in this industry. That is an impl- impressive list of, of varied positions in the industry. That's one of the things that I find most interesting about people in your on your side of the industry is that you are uh, you're so diverse and you've done so many things in our business. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to hear how everyone kind of gets started. Like some of the people that I knew out on the road, they got started working carnies and they were uh, working circus and they did circus stuff and then they transitioned over to touring live and then some some people they were out on the road when they were pretty much in diapers because their parents were in the industry and and were touring and they were getting out on the road doing work you know very young in their careers and looking at them I'd be like oh man I've missed out on so much but I think all of us have different experiences and bring such a diversity to this industry that allows for the creativity to flourish like it does. Absolutely. There's uh, I just recently put out an article where I kind of listed at least eight of the ways that people can get into our industry. And if you were to ask eight people, you'd get 10 different ways of how we got into the business. Yes. It's, it's such an interesting dichotomy of how, different things triggered us at different times, whether it's high school theater or high school music or, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends. Um, it, it, it varies so much. Uh, my own story is kind of the opposite. I am painfully underqualified to do anything except lighting. I'm very specific to just lighting. Whereas if the if the zombie apocalypse were ever to hit, I would I'd be useless. If if the zombie apocalypse required some high end concert lighting programming, I'd be first in line. But uh, other than that, if anybody needs me to milk a cow <laughs> or or build a farm, I'm, I'm I would be useless. Yeah, if if the electrons stopped flowing, I I don't I'm not sure. My- of my uh, skills prove useful either, except for being a body to push carts around. I, you know, I could definitely load <laughs> trucks very well. <laughs> yes, if the if if the zombie apocalypse requires stagehands, I can. I yes, can get I by stagehand. You got maybe I could chuck some chuck some hay in, in into a wagon. I think that's about the closest <laughs> closest thing I could think of. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I was I found most interesting in our conversation was some of the things that you're doing for some of the up and coming bands that are really trying to make themselves look bigger and more grandiose than than what they're accustomed to. Uh, I was hoping you could tell me one of the stories that you had uh, you'd gone over before. Yeah, I just recently uh, finished up a project with up-and-coming artists. Um, I'm not really going to go into the name since it's still kind of developing, but uh, was a really good um, exploration in this look 
looking looking big for not a lot of money and uh, approached it from a couple different standpoints. They were just getting ready to do a couple um, little short tour runs in in the spring. And they had a couple ideas of what they wanted to do for their stage. And I kind of took what they had already started thinking about and I just expanded it out and took what they had kind of already found and was like, okay, well, if this is what you're going with, then let's, let's kind of broaden it out and flesh it out to where it looks bigger. And then I, I designed a, backdrop because a backdrop while it's a big investment on the front end pays off huge dividends in branding and setting your setting your look apart from other bands because it has your name on it has kind of like the theme that you're going for and you get to carry it with you wherever you go and so we kind of came up with this banner that fit onto their little trust structure that they had already purchased and really kind of set it set them set themselves apart for being able to be in all of the photos that everybody takes when they're on stage performing and so that was that was definitely you know taking a little bit of money up front to then take that on the road for however many tour dates that they're going to be on um is saving them money because they're not having to take out an LD or anything like that because we connected everything through MIDI to a to a console software and they're just running running and gunning with um with that setup. That must be really tough for you when the bands come to you and they they've just watched the Oscars or the video music awards and they come to you and they say we we need that. We want video, we want lighting, we want sound we want all this stuff and and we have a a budget big enough for a a truck and a trailer and i would imagine all too often you have to be the one to break it to them well you can't have all that yeah but let's discuss what you can have yeah it's it's definitely managing expectations for what they want to achieve and you still can look big or bigger than you currently our status wise, I guess is the better way to put it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, all of those, like the Grammys and everything like that, they're getting so much revenue from being a broadcast show to being a long, a long time running event. Like even, even the stuff that's on TV, if you watch season to season, even, even those guys are growing their production value every year because the year before did so well that they're now able to spend a little bit more on their set and their lighting to make the next season even, even greater. So really trying to like teach the young bands of like, look, you you have to start somewhere and having a program show with some lights is better than nothing. And you walking in and the local, uh, a bar turns up their can lights and that's all you get. Yeah. So on the other hand, on the other side of the token, you have to explain to them, look, production value is value. You, you need this to add value to your show and it's oh. an investment. 
it is an investment. And some of the other things that, that we try to explain to them is like some things you want to buy and you want to own other things don't buy because these great production houses and production companies will maintain them for you and then allow you to come back and get new ones. If yours don't, uh, survive a trip around the globe or around the U S and teaching them that buying the infrastructure and renting the, what some of my friends call the Wigglies, um, those, th- those are things that, uh, a band really doesn't really <clears throat> need to concern themselves with because they're not a, a technician and they can't afford to have, a uh, ME or, a, a moving light tech traveling with them right now to maintain the lights that they purchase. That's probably the major benefit of having somebody like you on their team, somebody who's been on both sides of the deal, somebody who's sold lights, purchased lights, tech lights, somebody who knows all the ins and outs of where the, the money is going to flow from and to, and the, the initial investment as opposed to the, the long-term maintenance. I would imagine that having a person like you on their team, it will save them money in the long run. Oh, for sure. Because if, if they just keep trying to patch stuff, together they're just going to keep bleeding money trying to make this stuff work where if we get something that's stable and it works and then they can either turn that around and sell that to the next up-and-coming band when they move up to the next level and can start doing semi tours and we get them locked in with a with a good production house and get them developed with with their own team of techs out on the road then yeah it's definitely a savings of them trying to just piece it together and keep, you know, buying these pieces and it, it never really fully takes, takes hold and it, it takes place as far as what they're wanting to get I'd, out of their stage show. I'd imagine you could be there at the time when the, they've seen somebody else's show and they went to guitar center and bought 20 of these certain fixtures and then they picked them up and put them in a box and took them to the next town. And next thing you know, the 20 of them turned into 15. And after the fourth show, 15 turned into eight. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, man, we're just dropping lights. Whereas if you were there, you could be like, well, you could have got 10 Ayrton Diablos and you could still have 10 at the end of the tour. And then you could even sell them once you're done and still get 80% of your money back. You know, just a simple little thing like that could save a, a whole tour. Oh, Sure. You know, definitely depending upon where, where, where the band's at, you know, if, if we could purchase anything from a mid range up to, a, you know, Ayrton and a Verilite and any of the more high, high end, uh, moving lights. Yeah. That's, that's definitely going to be more investment into stuff that's built well, constructed well, and has, been road tested to not fall apart and then three or four of those with a little bit of haze in the air will be so much more dynamic than if you go like you said to guitar center and you get a fixed zoom to where it's only what like a 19 degree 
you to a 35 degree fixed, <laughs> fixed focal length. And it's like, um, you can't really do much with it because the functionality of the, of the fixture just isn't there. Right. And then you end up buying two fixtures. You well, I've got these ones that do this and I've got this one that does that. Whereas if I would have just bought one fixture that can do both things, I would have saved myself the, uh, the initial investment of both of them. Oh yeah, for sure. And and like, even with like the Diablo, it can do pretty much a spot beam and wash effects. So the, the emergence of hybrid fixtures has definitely helped the mid, the mid level to up, up and coming artists have the, these big looking shows without having to have, you know, 148 fixtures because these fixtures can do, can, can multitask. They, they can't do all three at the same time, but depending upon what the song is and the flow and the design of the show, you want to take it from, you know, the opening all the way up to the, to the final song and picking the right fixtures will help you, tell those, tell those stories and, and, and help, help the artist be who they are. Cause the lights are not the focal point. I know that's hurtful to every LD <laughs> out there, but um, we're, we're, we're artisans painting a tapestry of color around another artist. So it's, it's our job to help tell the story and to help um, lay a strong foundation for more art which is crazy because most of the time you know it's like i'm painting for me and then i'm going to show the world my art but it's such a great collaborative process being in the lighting industry being able to collaborate with the artists and create something even more amazing than they ever realized. And then some of them do realize and see the value in it. And then those grow, grow into seeing the, the value of good designed light. Speaking of that collaboration with the artist, how often do you have to flip the script a little bit and try and convince them to spend a little more money? Uh, how often do, do you get a, a very, uh, uh, apathetic artist that's like, well, no, nah, we'll just, we don't need lighting. We just, we just want to play our music and the music will speak for itself. We'll just do whatever the, the bar has that night and we'll, we're going to kill it. Do you ever have to try and convince him like, no, if we do this, we can really class up your set. We can, we can make your, your message go that much farther. If we do this, maybe a projector, maybe, maybe a, an LED screen, maybe something, and we can really put you over the top. Yeah, and that, uh, yes, I've, I've done a couple of those, and it's been like, well, let us do, let us come out to your local show. You know, we're, we're, we're here in town. You're playing some venue here in Nashville. Let's bring out some of our lights, um, and let's get them set up and kind of show you the difference between you know, playing under the the bar's lights versus playing under something that's been a little bit more branded. That's um, we've listened to your set. We know what your songs are. We know where your hits are. We know where everything's at and see how you feel at the end of the night. And I've had artists come up afterwards and be like, man, that was so great. It felt so good. 
um, just to have, just to be surrounded by stuff that was in time with their, with, with their stuff kind of played along with what the lead singer was saying, you know, brought up house lights when he was talking to the audience, just all of those little details really kind of create this environment of comfort and ease for them to do what they ultimately want to do. And that's just play music. I guess when they're on stage, the only way they can gauge the impact is the way the audience responds to them. I mean, I'm sure they're not looking at a spreadsheet on stage. They're, they're just soaking up whatever the, the audience is throwing back at them. Oh, for sure. It's, it's definitely audience reactions and then key people within their sphere of, of influence to come up afterwards and be like, man, that was such a great show. That was such a, an amazing, uh, amazing event and that I think also helps, helps build that current uh, confidence and, and that courage to take that step forward. Cause it, it is an investment and it's your hard earned money. And it's something that without having a team around you that will have your back and make sure that the money that you're forking out is going to be a benefit for you down the road. Yeah. It's totally scary. I I totally get how people are like, well, I'm not sure if I should spend this money. Well, here, here's the reason why. And you need to have a good team around you of people that you trust to realize that. And it doesn't need to be, you know, your best friend or your cousin or somebody like that, that has just figured out, you know, how to connect lights to together. It needs to be someone who's been out on the road touring with all sizes to really bring that benefit towards you. And then, yeah, then you can send out your, your best friend or, or or the guy who just learned how to connect the lights together to, to keep it running. But, you know, to save the money, do the design right, you know, get, get with a, a professional that's been doing it for a long time. You don't have to have us out, out on the road every single day, you know, but have a sooner, have a Chris Lyle, have a Chris Nathan, anybody like that come and speak into the look and then, you know, take out a up and coming programmer and board up to, to realize it every day, but pay the money where it where it's best useful. Do you find that Instagram photos and online presence is one of your biggest promotional materials? Do you find that if people see a photo of them without lighting and then they see a picture of their their performance with lighting, they're like, oh, wow, that, that makes a huge difference? Yeah, I, I definitely say visual visual representation is a huge player in this industry. <clears throat> and... You know, if they are playing just a local bar or a pub or whatever without without lights and they're just seeing the white lights and then they see a pic uh, with them with, you know, tons of beams coming around them. And, yeah, I definitely said that that makes a huge, huge difference. I see a lot of bands using their that back shot where there's a uh-huh. basically it looks like somebody from the, the drum kit is taking a photo. Yep. And if they take a picture out and there's no audience it looks very underwhelming 
Yes. But if there's some audience lights or a bunch of beams out there and you can see how far and how wide the audience is, it makes a big oh, difference. And that, that makes a, an impact on the band. They're like, oh, wow, we, we need more of that, whatever that is. And whatever, whatever Robert did to make our photos look like that, we need more of that. For sure. Because it's like if, if, if they take a picture and you only see the first two rows of the audience and you're not, you know, it, it, it does two things. The people looking at it to go see your next show are not going to be like, oh, well, I don't know if we should go. There wasn't that that many people there. But if if people see that there's, you know, tons of people drawing out, it's that it's that draw of, you know, that, I guess, crowd mentality or whatever that the the psychology is behind it but when when people see that there's a lot of draw towards an artist and it's like oh man i'm I'm missing out on something i guess that that fomo (laughs) hashtag fomo but you know being being able to being able to see oh man they just sold out a 1500 crowd you know theater i I need to see them when they come into town as opposed to oh Oh, well, they're just playing at the local pub. You know, if, if I happen to be at the bar that night, great. And if not, then uh, I guess I'll pick them up the next time that they come, 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 come through town. So I, I definitely say that, you know, video and photo, you know, video is definitely taking way more uh, prominence within social media now, but just really interacting with their audience and, and, lighting will help grow their audience too. I, any, any form of production, you know, will, will help grow, grow that audience too. Yeah. So we kind of went over backdrops and we kind of went over lighting and haze and stuff. What are some of the other tools that are the most helpful to you? What are, what do you have in your, your toolbox to help make shows look as big as they can without a huge budget? Well, I'd, I'd definitely say some of the stuff that we've used is taking the set that they've got and just outlining the whole structure in LED and working with, you know, some of the great um, LED makers and um, pixel pixel mapped LED, you know, working with like DMX King and their uh, pixel map boxes or TMB and really kind of growing their look to where all of their stage boxes and everything are outlined in this color. So, you know, opening intro track, you just see the stage glowing in this outline that changes colors throughout the set. And then halfway through the set, instead of it just being this big, you know, line it starts breaking up into smaller chunks and by the end you know we're essentially running video content through these pixel tapes because um you know you can't really make out any true image but you know you can you can run great effects through pixel tape that just create that sparkle and that extra touch that goes above and beyond just your standard moving that is a great tool that's one of the things that was basically unobtainable to a a mid-level band just a less than a decade ago and now thanks to software and led revolution that's all very accessible very accessible we we did a we did a huge set piece for 
Capital Kings was it Capital Kings? Anyway, anyways, we did this huge like crown piece with Madrix and Pixel Tape that the Pixel Tape hooked straight into the Madrix, and we it was outlines and the straight straight lines of of each uh, crown crown piece that really looked great behind them and kind of where the DJ was set up the center. Uh, center stage and then you could hook um moving light and stuff to to that set to you know have more bang for for your butt coming from behind that scenic piece but yeah it's it's definitely um the advance of led has definitely created that ease of entry um for a lot of bands who wouldn't have been able to do so in the past it would have been oh are you playing arenas okay yes we can bring lights out but now it's like yeah i'm playing at the local local pub and i've got lights you know that's that's a that's a huge step forward and it just has increased our our entire industry to a point that i think we're running running low on good lds to 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 realize all these bands wanting to perform their music that's a great place to be at where we're actually looking for more people to to fill the gigs it's a really good place it's, it's a really good place and it's a good place to um you know teach that next generation how, how to do lighting well especially in with, with the advent of led and things mixing differently you know you got to teach good color theory you know you, you're, you're not you're not putting gel in front of a 575 watt lamp you're just changing the color of the diode that's outputting from a homogenized lens and even then leds before a couple of years ago the homogenization of it was not even a thing you know you would get all that rainbow effect of you know there's red on this side blue on that side and green on your green on the top side because it was all coming from separate um diodes and now with lensing and, and and the technology growing to that next level you get this great color coming from one source yeah we're at a place now where we don't we're not limited by what we can do we're we're, we're basically limited in what we can do now our only limitation is what we should do should we use all eight colors in one song should we not should we should we try and actually make it classy? Should we should we do a rainbow swirl every third song? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I was I was watching somebody's uh, Insta story the other week, and they're like, um, "Whatever can we do to stop the rainbow chase? That would be great." <laughs> it's so hard because when we have the ability to do it, we we just start doing it. We're like, "Let's do a let's do a rainbow chase." here 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 and here and let's strobe here here and let's just hit the audience with the blinders for every downbeat because we can because we can but i think also you know with 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 strobing i think there are multiple ways of doing strobe that doesn't have to be you know nitro settings for every strobe hit you can do different variations of pulses and randoms and, and different things that uh, the technology now pro- provides us 
that before it was like, well, it can only do one thing. Now it's like, let's be a little bit more artful. Let's, let's be a little bit more tasteful with choosing how much audience abuse we're actually going to do. And, and if we do abuse the audience, let's not abuse them the same way for the whole song. Let's, let's change it up and let's make it interesting. Let's throw in that random look that they aren't expecting in the bridge that they've come to expect in the first verse chorus and turn around. And then we throw them a, for a different loop come, come the bridge. And, and that, and that works great, especially for these, these small acts that, that we've been talking about is like, we have the ability to change the look of your song in an instant whenever we get to a new feeling, a new mood, a breakdown chorus that leads into a stop that then, you know, pops right back into your big chorus. So yeah, it's, it's definitely being able to change and modify all of the different, um, fixtures, set pieces, you know, ego risers, all of it, you know, it definitely, uh, gives us much more flexibility to telling the story. So for me, I have it fairly easy trying to reach out to people who need my services because I can just, uh, I can go through the pages of PLSN and I can just find all the biggest designers and all the biggest bands at any one time. How do you manage to connect some of the smaller bands with people who, who need services? How do you find them? Um, I think it's, I think it's both ways. I think going out and looking at bands that are up and coming, I use Spotify a lot. I listen to a lot of music that's new, new and upcoming. And, um, and then the other is, um, making good connections with management and, and having good, uh, relationships with management teams that might be picking up a new artist that uh, you, you've already designed lights for their biggest artist, but they might have just signed a new younger band that they're wanting to do stuff. And they're like, hey, you mind coming over and taking a look at this setup that we've got for for my other artist? And, and that's a great way to keep keep that relationship going and, and keep that uh, momentum moving forward for all of the artists that the manager's uh, working with. And, you know, it, it's definitely a, a challenge, um, when, when, when it comes to that is cause you want to, you want to work with everybody, but you also want to give your best work to, to the bands that you're working for. So I would say that bands look at different, uh, like, like you were saying, bands look at different Instagram posts and, and they go searching for the people that designed it. And then, on, on the reverse, you know, I, I go looking for bands because I'm inspired by their music or want to create that relationship moving, moving long term, or I've, I've got a good working relationship with their management team. And you're not exclusive to the rock and roll industry either. You, you do theater and you do corporate events and you do a little bit of everything. If I remember. Yes. Yeah. I've got, uh, I just was associate designer for uh, Nashville Shakespeare festival and their uh, Macbeth run in the winter of 2020. Um, and that was a great, um, that was a great little piece. And then um, another connect 
connection of mine just reached out and the Nashville Theater School is getting ready to do Beauty and the Beast and Matilda and they need some lighting for their musicals um, for these kids. And I, I'm, I'm thrilled to um, work with these people because it's like I want I want those younger kids to have a love of theater that then they might become the next singer or they might become the next Broadway talent or, you know, just being able to grow that, that love of this industry just really is exciting. Uh, that sounds magical to be able to see the, the, the spark still happening at, at the, at the young age. Oh, for sure. You know, just being able to see those kids just light up, you know, and being able to, provide the the lighting and the atmosphere that they are acting in you know yeah they they could do it on a bare stage but the director knows that having lighting definitely um helps tell the story and helps them get used to what they will see in you know professional broadway or however far that they want to go you know the the director wants to teach those kids how to how to be good professionals within the industry. Right on. Well, I think that we agree that uh, we all need to be reaching out to the people that need our services and convince them that we can do anything that they can imagine. And we can, if we work in the right ways, we can get it for the price that they need us to be doing it for. Oh, for sure. You know, but budget is one of those things of like, if, if someone doesn't have a budget, it scares me more than some someone who's like, I've got, you know, I'm just going to throw out a number. I've got 2,500 a week. Great. I can work with 2,500 a week. I can, I can go do my research. I can talk with vendors. We can, we can figure out a way to make your $2,500 work the best possible. But when someone's like, I need lights and I want it to look like the Grammys, but I don't have a dollar amount to, to give you. I'm like, um, okay. I am now in a scared space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to give you what, what, what you want or, or even manage your expectations because you've, you've seen X, you've given me nothing and you expect Y. So to me, the budget is a great sandbox to work in because if I don't have that boundary, then I can't explore all of the areas with, within that box to, make the magic happen. Hold on. If somebody wanted to reach out and find you, how would they find you, Robert? They can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I do have a Twitter, but I don't tweet that often. Um, roberthickman.co. I know it's not the .com, .co. Um, still working on working on that someone already owns the dot com so i'm looking at <laughs> <laughs> buying that domain but uh um yeah they can reach out to me and uh my email is robert.hickman at me.com it's another great resource of marketing that uh apple set up that uh i was like great i'm gonna capitalize on that and i've been using it for years now People like me, yeah, it's it's just another domain that uh, Apple had set up as part of their iCloud services back in the day. But, um, yeah. Right on. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope that anybody's listening will uh, will reach out and uh, 
and hopefully they'll they'll realize the cost cutting efforts that you can you can help them out with. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for uh, the great uh, conversation and the time that we had in, in Nashville, and we shut down the the vegan joint, and um, we're able to come back and, and have a podcast and and just talk about good design on on a budget and um yeah would would love to help anybody who's looking to make that impact on their next project thank you so much robert thank you chris bye